0: Hello everyone, my name is John Rusos and this is the Here's My Thing podcast. For this episode, I'm gonna talk about the mail, and then I'm gonna tell a heartwarming story of three friends all extremely jacked, so jacked that they can't scratch their heads and uh also uh, something to note for the mail piece that will be up on youtube the day after this episode airs so tomorrow so on tuesday and that will come with visuals and i, I think it makes for a great viewing experience as well so if you're interested i will link that in the description but as always enjoy no it's, it's not like rogan but like it's it, yes it is a podcast yeah here's a piece the male produces the gamete known as sperm wait no well yes but no wrong mail the male, the male. The thing that delivers letters from your aunt who writes once a year to let you know how cute you were when you were two. The person you don't recognize for their looks, but more for their cross between normal cursive and hieroglyphic penmanship. Did she say that I'm a handsome young man, or was she demanding ransom for a young man? Do I call her to say thank you, or the FBI to report a potential felony? I don't know, but I do know this. USPS tackles more than just your Aunt Jane's letters and the endless amount of Little Caesar's coupons that you never cash. It also gets people very important stuff, like medication, unemployment information, and subscriptions to Crane's Today magazine, the leading resource for news and intelligence focused on the crane and lifting industries. Now, USPS is facing a couple problems. First off, there's a pandemic. Mail is piling up from labor shortages as people are getting sick or having to quarantine from being exposed to those who are sick. And second, Louis DeJoy is the new Postmaster General and and yes, that is the actual title of the head of the United States Postal Service and it was Post Malone's first choice for a stage name. DeJoy, the multi-million dollar donor to President Trump, raised quite a few red flags with his appointment. For starters, next to lawn chairs, the mail was the only thing that hasn't been made political in today's day and age, but with DeJoy's close ties to the President, many bring up the concern of politicizing the nonpartisan Postal Service. Also, so, besides licking stamps, he has no experience with USPS, but he does have an extensive background in logistics, so he did what anyone with a background in logistics would do when you're at a labor shortage and behind on mail. You sideline two dozen USPS administrators, or better put, people who actually know how the system works. Since DeJoy's appointment, the Postal Service has experienced notable backlogs and have since banned employees from working overtime and making extra trips to deliver the mail. Is something that goes against traditional practice as postal workers are trained not to leave mail behind and make multiple trips to ensure the timely distribution of letters and parcels is promised. Which is anything but reassuring, considering this next election will be one largely dependent on mail-in voting and ballots getting in on time. Now, considering this, it shouldn't be that surprising that the president is against mail in voting, as he has said that it will lead to fraud, even citing that some households have had their dogs get ballots. And to this, I actually sympathize with them, because everyone knows that dogs are communists. And if you don't believe me, check out this clip from the film Air Bud Spikes Back. My name is Buddy, and I am a communist. I can't believe that went over our heads. But it also explains the follow up film. Airbud co authors The Communist Manifesto. Fraud from mail-in voting sounds like a very reasonable thing to be scared of, especially when the commander-in-chief tweets about it in all caps. But then, when considering the data found from a study funded by the Carnegie Corporation of New York and the Knight Foundation, that fraud cases in elections between 2000 and 2002 came out to 2068, which equates to one case for every 15 million eligible voters, or .00000000. 66%, which is extremely small, and it's even more microscopically small when you consider that the FDA approves all coffee samples that are as high as 9% infested with insects. It also gets a little less scary when the tweets that the president sent out regarding mail-in voting got fact-checked and flagged by Twitter. Now, Trump is against mail-in voting, but he has voice support for absentee voting, and it's very easy to say that they're basically the same thing. But the thing is, they're just not. Uh, mail-in ballots are ballots automatically sent to registered voters. The absentee ballot is one that has to be requested through state governments, where they're accepted or rejected. And not only does this take extra time, but it can make getting a ballot for those without computers or those less privileged that much more of a hassle. It's an added step. It's another obstacle for people to do one one of the most American things you can possibly do, vote. It would be like if Crane's Today magazine made me apply for a monthly subscription instead of just accepting the fact that I care to be informed about anything and everything Crane related. So considering his recent behavior and DeJoy becoming the new Postmaster General, it makes President Trump's support of absentee ballots over mail-in ballots that much more fascinating, as although they're two different things, they share one very, very key similarity. They both depend on the mail. And that was the mail. Everyone, I hope you enjoyed. Uh, now moving on to the story. The, this story is about three friends, three friends who are just insanely jacked. And they're very happy that their gym has opened up. It's at an undisclosed location. So it, I don't even know if it's actually in the United States. It's somewhere in the world. The gym is officially reopened. They're very happy about it. And then they have a, a quick little conversation in the locker room at the end. The pieces named as such. This is Locker Room Talk. Enjoy. One of the toughest things to handle during this pandemic has been the shutdown of gyms. The one that I went to was proactive, shutting down well before the statewide mandates. It was a bummer, but really it was more of a reality check. And I was still able to work out, of course, but it was never as good of a workout. Only so many times you could hop the fence to a local elementary school to tricep dip between lunch tables before people call the police on you. I'd go to my local park, and before I learned that it was unnecessary, I'd spend 15 minutes Clorox wiping each of the monkey bars. It was annoying, but I told myself that this was the price to pay for deltoids that my peers have dubbed, and I quote, "'Chiseled by Michelangelo himself, brother.'" I've taken a run around my neighborhood, but have found that the treadmills at the gym have greatly impacted my form. I can only run with my head tilted back. At the gym, this isn't much of a problem, because I'll have SportsCenter or King of the Hill on mute to watch. Outside, it gets double takes. I, I can never see their mouths, but their eyes tell me they're concerned. i found that the $40 a month that would usually go to cover my membership only covers half of one DoorDash delivery, which actually wouldn't be that big of a deal if I hadn't been ordering from McDonald's. Those delivery fees, man. But thankfully, my gym has since adjusted and moved all of their equipment outdoors into the parking lot. This had its own obstacles, though. The beige 83 Camry that was parked there for the past two years had to get towed, as no owner claimed it. This offered closure, but was just as disappointing. I had always figured that their owner was just extremely committed to their physique. I'd spent my warm ups eyeing down the free weight section, betting on who it might be, thinking that they had to be huge. The type of person to spend their money on sweatshirts without sleeves instead of a new car. Apparently the vehicle's interior had been clawed up and fashioned into an insulated nest for a small family of raccoons. Cute, yes. Rabbit, probably. This past week has been the second of the outdoor gym. The biggest difference is that there are no mirrors, and with that, my workouts only take 25 minutes instead of three hours. This has served as a massive blow to my ego, but then wonders to free up my day. I I note the difference in people wearing masks, but I've been wearing an elevation trading mask for the past few years, so it's nothing new to me. And, And look, I don't make the rules, but if there was any way that the gym could pop up some sort of tent over the equipment, that would be ideal as it's in the middle of the summer. My entire back is enduring what I think are second-degree burns from direct exposure to the black cushion on the machine fly that all but broils in the sun in between sets. I want to blame the gym for not enforcing a no-shirt-no-workout policy, but I know I would have ignored it anyway. I could have learned the first time around that the machines were going to be scalding. I also could have learned the second or third times, too, even the fourth. But no, I still sat down without laying a towel, letting my back sizzle like a rested ribeye on a piping hot cast iron skillet. And this was the one time the saying, no pecs, no sex has defied me. Along with doing wonders for my physical and mental health, the reopening of the gym has also reopened my social life. I only have two friends, Cameron and Gunner, both gym rats like myself. We haven't been able to see each other during the entire pandemic. The gym is the only place we hang out. And the whole Zoom thing wasn't working for us because none of us drink, and aren't you supposed to only Zoom during happy hour? Also, we are all literally too big for our front-facing camera, so we each have to step 15 feet away from our computer. At that point, the audio is shot. If anything, it's more awkward than it already is. We may not be training the same muscle groups, but we always go to the gym at the exact same time. We spot each other, we critique calves, and we show each other memes that make up for the lack of punchline with big, bold texts over a concentratedly grainy photo. Most of our talking is done in the changing room after. Our lockers are all next to each other. We'll shower, then come back, and I'll get caught in the same dressing stage, something between dropping our towels and pulling up our briefs when we start chatting. Gunnar has taken to calling us Spartans for whatever reason. Spartans! He'll call out in the locker room. I've never refuted this. Spartans were jacked, right? We sometimes stand there briefed or debriefed for two hours at a time, just doing guy things like analyzing our lats or proofing each other's Tinder matches. We'll debate too, sure. What guy doesn't? Cameron and Gunner nearly wrestled in the nude once over the difference between a puma and a cougar, I told them that they're actually the same thing, but also that them wrestling in the nude may have been the most Spartan thing we could have done. That is uncommon, though, for us to come to blows over something as inconsequential as big cats. And really, I'd consider us three to be very smart people, and we stretch before strenuous activity and counter macros." But the other day, Cameron said something that surprised me. I was telling him that I was going to go to Brooklyn Bagels to treat myself to an everything bagel with smeared lox when he asked me how many types of bagels they have. Before I could tell him my answer, he blurted out, 100? I gave him a second to catch his mistake. 100 bagels? He thinks that a bagel shop has 100 different types of bagels? Aren't there only three, plain sesame and everything? Cameron is as gentle as he is swole, so I put him down easy saying, uh, maybe they do. I don't think so. I would, I would have said something closer to 10, but you never know. I, I paused before adding, I mean, who am I to say? I'm just yoked. I self-deprecated but also highlighted my favorite thing about myself in hopes of lightening the mood, one that got dim, briefly, is how ludicrous would it be for a bagel shop to even have more than 20 types. Honestly, any sort of slander against ourselves is eerily off-brand. So Cameron reconsidered, and we left that moment in the past to move on to more topical matters, matters like whose turn it was to pick up the Hulu subscription and which one of us achieved more quad definition over the past few months. Everyone, my name is John Russos, and this has been another installment of the Here's My Thing podcast. Thank you for rocking with me. Until next time.